In a very short time, we've been forced to reevaluate our values. Values related to employment, family, and home. As we come out of two history-making pandemic years, connecting with others is more important than ever. But it's safe to say that the way we can and want to connect has changed. We are not-for-profit professionals supporting adults to live, work, and grow in a rapidly changing world. Connection means that we need to work together to build and put into practice whole and multifaceted plans for our clients so that they can reach their own personal successes. For some of us, life is returning to pre-pandemic norms where we work out of an office on a set schedule. Others may have no office to return to and may spend working hours on a couch or kitchen table in their own home. And some may be straddling schedules where they sometimes go to the office and sometimes work in their own personal space. These experiences are the same for our clients who are navigating a world that is still deciding what work life will look like. How can we support them while adapting ourselves? Whoever and wherever you are, if you support adults in learning in life, the Getting Connected podcast may be for you. Join us as we talk through relevant topics that support you to do your best work. Grab a coffee, give us just a few minutes of your workday, and let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to the Getting Connected podcast. I'm Ashley Hoth-Murray, and I am here with my vivacious co-host, Gay Douglas. How's it going, Gay? Oh, I'm just feeling fabulous today, Ashley. Thank you. Vivacious is a great word. Always liked that one. And guys, some of our regular listeners know Ashley always surprises me with an adjective uh, as part of her introduction. I am never quite prepared for it, but I do like vivacious and uh, I'm going to stick with that one today. Thank you so much. It just describes uh, we you well. Thank you. <laughs> as in vivid. And our guest today is also a very vivid and vivacious person. Absolutely. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah. And as most listeners know, Gay and I work in adult literacy. It seems that current governments and those in recent past, they focus on providing literacy services to two separate groups, adults and children. Uh, But is separating and targeting these groups necessary to achieve a more literate Ontario? And who is left out when we draw these boundaries? Could investing in more inclusive programming see better gains? Another approach that has seen success in countries like the United States is family literacy. Besides Family Literacy Day, as a mom of three young humans, I can't say that I've heard or seen much about this alternative method, but luckily today's show will dive into family literacy and how it differs from other approaches. And now it is my distinct pleasure to introduce my friend and colleague of many years, Jane Tour. Jane is a, an active and vivid voice uh, in adult literacy in the province of Ontario. She's been working in literacy for many, many years, right back to 1990. She's not only fulfilled roles in leadership, Uh, where she's been with Project Read for the last, how many years, Jane? Just Project Read. 22 years. 
22 years with Project Read, but she really started her career in literacy in front line and then moving to management positions. And I know that she's served in community-based agencies in a number of different sectors. So she's seen the literacy world from many, many perspectives. She is sort of the guru in the province around assessment. Uh, that's really a strength. And I know that she's received lots of additional training that many of our practitioners here in the province have not in that realm of assessment. Um, she is also, uh, in, a, in addition to her adult education activities and credentials, she is also a certified Bridges Out of Poverty trainer. And I know that philosophy of understanding where many of our clients are living and learning uh, must really bring a lot to the work that she does. Uh, most recently, uh, Jane was declared a learning leader. And I've not heard that term before. Uh, by the Canadian Society for Training and Development. And we're going to hear more about that, I'm sure. Uh, she's been the Woman of the Year for Community Service in Waterloo Region, that recognition in 2019. And uh, we've already sort of given you the big picture around the 16 literacy networks in the province. In particular, Project Read, based in Kitchener-Waterloo, has done some really tremendous work around family literacy. And that's what we're here to discuss today. So welcome, Jane. How are you doing? I'm good, Gay. Thank you. That was a very kind introduction. I'm just so excited that it's not snowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you know what? We've had three other podcasts today. Well, two, actually, two others. And at the beginning of everyone, we've talked about how wonderful it is that spring has finally sprung. Um, so we're really glad to have you here uh, joining us today and that the sun is shining where you are and where we are. Uh, I'm going to start out with a couple of questions, some big picture questions about uh, family literacy. Uh, tell us what that means, what the definition is sort of officially and what your take is on that terminology. Uh, then we'd like to hear who's offering that kinds of program and who funds it uh, since our the Ministry of Adult Education and Skills Development. I got that wrong. Um, Jane? Labor Training and Skills Development. Labor Training and Skills Development. Excuse me, ministry. I got that incorrect. Um, uh, in, we know that they don't currently fund that particular realm. So we want to hear more about family literacy, who's offering it, and who funds it. This is lots of information for the field. Well, the official definition that we use for family literacy is parents actively helping themselves and their children to become lifelong learners through a wide variety of daily activities. And I like to make it a little bit clearer from that is just saying, as long as a programming is about the parents, that's the most important part because there's a lot of early years programming for children, but it's more about what can the parents do to support their children. And then you kind of, I always think of it as sneaking in underneath that, you're giving them literacy skills while they're not even aware that it's happening, which is really good in our field, as you know, it's the learners that don't think they have an issue with literacy, potential learners that end up not coming into our programs because you know the reason they're not keeping a job is because their bosses were idiots or something like that it's not to do with their skills 
So this is another way to bring them in the door. Um, I think of our family literacy program in particular, we do work with the parents and the children. And there's what we call pack time, which is the parent and child together time. And then there is the separation time so that the parents get some class time about discipline, like how do they deal with discipline and good disciplinary behaviors? How do they deal with detachment? Any issues they're running with. And then the children get their own little literacy program going on on the side. So it's kind of fun that way, because also I know all new parents, boy, they really just need a break. <laughs> so it gives them that moment of, I'm just dealing with other adults instead of children. Um, as to who's offering it in Ontario, there isn't many of us. We actually have in our Wellington County, uh, Action Read provides it in Guelph. They run a family literacy program that's really great and goes right into the schools. And um, Literacy Lambton in Sarnia also runs some family literacy program. And the Y in St. Thomas also happens to run our family literacy program called Get Set Learn. So that's who's doing it. Uh, funding is interesting, as you've already mentioned. MLTSD doesn't really put monies into it. I always say it's basically the funding for this is worse than being in a rock in a hard place because it's between two ministries. You've got the Ministry of Education who deals with children up to the age of 18. And then you've got our ministry that deals with everybody over the age of 18. And they both think the other one should fund it. <laughs> so and as a result, no one does. <laughs> no one does. No one does. We had it funded for a number of years through um, Ontario Works, the employment service department in our region of Waterloo. Uh, but they wanted the outcomes to be very specific to employment. And we're going, some of these folks are a distance away from employment. And it's hard for us to always see that connection. Like when we're doing all of our stats to our different goal paths, I keep going outside of independence, all of our goal paths are for employment, right? Like post-secondary, right. secondary school diploma, people aren't just going to it as adults for the fun of it. They're going to it to gain these skills so and get a job at the end of the day hopefully yeah exactly right so it's always this whole thing of going well they're all employment really in the end mm -hmm. um so that's a big problem that we mm -hmm. can't get funding we had funding from a foundation locally but they told us last fall that they couldn't do us funding anymore because we focus a little too much on adults oh. and i sit there a lot of times and keep going do people get that children don't just appear in the downtown core? You know, there's not a bunch of baby gangs running around with no parents, right? <laughs> there's, there's always an attachment to parents. I mean, parents are kind of important. The one thing that we always teach in our program is that a parent is the first and most important teacher. I'm laughing here because my dog is pulling my sleeve off. <laughs> Your dog woke up. Yeah. That's always the fun of recording from home. I've he got did. a question for you about that, Jane. The more I think about it and that challenge, that dual focus being a real challenge in terms of fitting into a nice, neat slot somehow, when you're advertising your program and reaching out, are you saying to the parents specifically, come for yourself and your kids will benefit? Or are you saying, come for your kids? Good question, because that's exactly the thing is that you say come for yourself, parents aren't like they're going, I don't have time to come for myself. But everybody has one thing in common as a parent. They love their kids. 
So they're more than willing to come for the kids. And we always offer it as a good way to prepare your child for entry into kindergarten. Oh, I see and that. People love look. those programmings, right? Like we right. have a lovely program here called Strong Start that prepares the children themselves for kindergarten, but not the parents. So this right. is kind of like that little effort. So we say that. And we also, I love that when we did the promotions years ago, I remember looking at this and going, let's throw in our clear language knowledge as adults. And I just said, let's call it, make sure we put fun free program. Well, people don't even say get set learn. They're going, they call up and go, I'd like to apply for the fun free program. Isn't <laughs> Anything that that's free so and fun. That's right. the appeal. Is there always yeah. food served? Snacks? Snacks. Yeah. That's a key There's part always, of it, isn't it? When it's in person. I mean, we've obviously over the last couple yeah. of years had to go virtual, which has been interesting, but yeah, in person, there's always snacks. Like there's usually fruit and, you know, crackers. And Something cookies. fairly healthy. <laughs> some, some healthy and a little like aside things. But, you know, you have to be careful because you have to make sure you cover all of the various yeah. health and allergies that people have. Of course. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Jane, you've, you've touched on how the program can both benefit kids and adults specifically. But what I'm wondering is when we, when you're talking about supporting adults in to upgrade their skills in family literacy, what skills are we talking about? Like, is it, is it primarily reading or? No, um, we work with reading, writing, speaking, listening, and numeracy, right? So all of the activities, like I could just give you like the very first lesson that we do in our group is literacy and learning is our topic. Right. So we talk about that with the parents and they actually end up making a placemat with their kids that it's just it's the activity is always cool. They have fun with it, but then they start to chat. Right. What I love is the fact that we get parents um, when we were on Ontario Works funding that was limiting. Now that we're not on that, we can spread it out and you get parents that have, you know, university educations and people that, you know, don't have a high school diploma but they have the commonality of everybody has issues with their children doing something right that right. they don't know what to do. And so they start to chat together and they realize we have things in common. You aren't different from me. You're the same and I can move forward. I think what they see is their children preparing so much for school and really enjoying this program because it's fun for the kids that they all, they call it school. The kids call it school and the parents usually end up seeing how much fun the kids are having and that they're learning too. And then we have speakers that come in. So we'll have somebody from Conestoga College to talk about the upgrading program there or from the you know, school board programs to talk about what they can provide to help you out with your learning. And it's mostly that those folks didn't even know that they could possibly you know, do a little bit of upgrading and get into a college program. And we see success from there. That's how we build it in. It's built into every lesson, you know, uh, just when you're talking about behaviors, we make sure that they can watch some videos too and extract information from the videos. It's, it's just a mixture of a whole bunch of different things, always using some crafts along the way with it. And so you're really introducing to these parents an opportunity to see themselves as learners where they have not perhaps in the past. Yes. Is that fair that to say? And, yeah. 
And the parents that have put themselves on hold, that they think, you know, while I have a small child at home, I have to put my life on hold, that don't really see that they have any opportunities because they're thinking, well, I have to be here for my child. Oh, they find out that adult education is flexible, right? Gotcha. And that's, it's a just, it's a really good environment for having that knowledge. Like it really runs well within adult literacy programs because of the fact that we can do this. We can also, we've aligned it to the Ontario Adult Literacy Curriculum Framework so that I've said to programs, you can use this yourselves and make it under MLTSD funding. Gotcha. Because of the fact that you can use a milestone to show that parents are gaining skills. Because they it's do. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But so you, I've you tried just, to convince them. Sorry. No, no, no worries. You just touched on, like you said, like a alert, you might have like a, a mom or a parent with a university degree sitting next mm-hmm. to somebody and having this conversation. So what does eligibility look like or how does registration look like? Because you might have somebody in there that maybe doesn't need literacy upgrading right. as an adult. So how, how does that work? Well, we can be pretty flexible about that um, just because of the lack of funding from anybody right now. Uh, so we just say, you know, any, anybody with a child or an under preparing for school right, so that they come into our programs. And we've even allowed that, you know, parents can come without their children if their children are in kindergarten, if they just feel like they need some more help. Um, it's really, we make it about the parenting. And I guess the thing is, yeah, a literacy program might have to be a little bit more specific about, you know, what the requirements are for the adults. But I also think that it's one of those things that I remember Ontario Work said to us, we need you to manage this number of people. If you bring in other people to the program that you can afford under our funding, but you meet our requirements of our need, if we say you have to have 40 people and you have 45, five of which are not within Ontario Works, we're fine with that. And I think most funders would be fine with that as long as you meet the numbers you're supposed to meet, right? Right. Am I making sense on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it does keep that whole thing open of people understanding that it's just different for everybody. Right? It is. I have a child and I have disciplinary problems with that child. Chances are other people have the same thing, but we always think we're the ones that don't know how to do it and that we're doing it wrong. <laughs> right? yeah. It's that isolation of parents that happens. Right. Right. Could I ask another quick question um, about that? Do you see friendships and emerge from these groups? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. We ended up creating also a peer program where we took people that have been graduates of that program and had them come back and support family literacy programming against that learn class. And nice. they've, their job was to bring in new people to the program, but also just create these groups because they were finding that, you know, some people stayed in contact, but it was difficult once the program ended and they wanted to. And so the peers have really helped continue that. And that peer program is, has been amazing for the peers. Like we've had such success for the peers out of that. They've gone on to, we have people in social work program. We have people in um, office administration programs now from that and one that is now 
fully employed as a social worker. That's wonderful. That's amazing. What a story. Yeah. You know what? I'm really liking this family literacy. <laughs> it just sounds so practical and engaging. It is. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, like I watch their things. We have a YouTube channel. If you ever get a chance to see some of the things that they've done with crafts and stuff, I'm not a good social media person. So, but they do things on Instagram too. And they make these great puppets and they're so cute. And they keep going, oh my gosh, this is like so much fun. You go to a family literacy class and you go, this is so fun. And yet people are learning, (laughs) which just makes it the best because that makes people understand that adult ed is different, right? Because that's our biggest problem. Is it our youth coming out of high school going, I don't want this crap again. I don't want to come. If it was fun the first time through, I wouldn't need you was the yeah. idea, right? So once they find out that as parents that it's fun, it's like, oh, you know, I love the stories that we end up having. Like there's always success stories. It's as simple as, um, you know, people, we know that there's a success of people going on to further education and training. Um, one mother who thought she had to put everything on hold until her children were in school full-time, went back to college, got upgrading, took it she got a licensed practitioner nurse and she worked on the evenings afterwards when she had a job to become a full-fledged registered nurse and she is now that's awesome and this would have never happened until her children had been older because she just didn't know she could do that so I always look at those ones are great success you know there's just so many different things there's the mother that um came from another country where it was very war torn and the child had been with her when they saw her husband murdered right in front of them. And this child obviously like could not detach from his mother. Like his panic was, if I let go of you, you will die. So he was just attached. And in an eight week program that they went to twice a week by the, you know, I think it was, they said by about weeks, I was going, how's this going to work? By about week five, he was like, see you, mom, when he went off to his little group. This is a kid that would not let go of his mother's leg. She thought I was going, she didn't know what to do. How was Mm -hmm. she ever going to get him to school when he can't let go of me? And suddenly he was detaching saying, see ya. And and not as as severe as that story, but I mean, there, there are, and I am in this camp. There are a lot of us that have toddlers that have lived through a pandemic and our social interaction has been with them 24 um, seven. And so coming to a program like that and allowing that, that space between toddler and parent, but in a safe space, I mean, that I think, you know, about reading, writing, numeracy, all very important. And I, I know we all agree on that, but this program, I think will meet a very, important need as we come out of this pandemic about interacting with others, interacting with other parents, other adults, our own age, people outside of our house, our kids interacting with us in a space outside the house, interacting with other kids away from us. So that's an important piece of literacy that people that aren't in literacy don't always know that interacting, socializing, that's, those are learned skills. Oh yeah. It's, it's the whole thing. I I can't believe when, of course, when the pandemic hit, we went, what do we do? And we learned from our literacy programs that, you know, you have to switch fast and move fast. So our 
practitioners that do the family literacy programming were amazing. They just said, well, try it online. Let's see if we can do this. We were wondering if it would work. And it worked great. We had, but we ended up having parents from across Ontario because they were going, can we just sign up? We need something. (laughs) We're stuck at home with our kids. We don't know what to do. And so it worked. Um, And obviously it's a lot less expensive if we can run it online because childcare does take an awful lot of the money when it comes to meeting in person, right? So, you know, it's always the, I think that it has taught us this. That's one thing the pandemic has taught us is that we can do a lot of different things. We are starting up in June a project with Trillium funding to do um, outdoor play. Oh, cool. Because we saw that as being something that could solve if there is a pandemic, you can still do outdoor activities. So it'll be interesting to take us through that. Like I said, we're just constantly looking for ways to fund this programming and to expand it, right? And that's what we're doing. We've actually started to offer certification in our family literacy program. And I have that something on that here is that we have... uh, you can get different programs on family literacy. Like there's a family, the center for family literacy does a two day introductory workshop for family literacy. And it's out of Alberta. Um, Conestoga college used to run a family literacy online certificate. They stopped that doing that one. So that's not there. So the only other one we know of is our family literacy training and certification programs. And we offer two different types of streams. We can train participants on how people build skills and family literacy and the principles and how that can be embedded in existing programs. And that's currently at a cost of $275. And then we have the certification process where people can actually be certified to run the Get Set Learn program. And that is at a cost of $475. That's great. We can put that information in our show notes so that learners can, um, listeners can just click and they can, they can find that information oh, on great. the website. Okay. I can send you the registration link with that help. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. Gay, did you so want to? We, yeah. We're wondering about, uh, now that we know about the resources, um, uh, I get, to ask you, okay, two actually, two final questions. I was just looking, I was cheating a little while we were uh, recording here, and I was looking back to try and find the name of the incredible family literacy program that I heard about when I started with the network 25 years ago that had proven beyond, beyond any doubt that, first of all, the mother's literacy levels and engagement in learning were the primary, was the primary factor in uh, her child's uh, aptitude and thirst for learning. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember looking at the data that compared sort of standard traditional uh, literacy training with the results of family literacy. Uh, and I was looking for the name of that program. Do you remember the name? It was in the U.S., and it had been very widely tooted as the sort of leader of family literacy. And I, I can't seem to find it. It was some time ago. It was but it sort of reflects, to me, it, what it means is it's, it's been sort of, this whole family literacy thing has been sort of under a bushel until you um, approached it and started doing it. 
And what made you do that? Well, I can't take the credit. I would love to, but it's not me. Um, I don't have children. I, it was Ann Ramsey, who was my co-executive director for many years, um, who kept saying, we've got to get into this. And we had a couple of members that of our board of our board that were also uh, former teachers who uh, were going, no, this is, you're right. This is good. It was, um, they, they just thought we've got to get this going. So we started with workshops for parents and in more impoverished neighborhoods. And then we said, can we grow from there? And Anne found some funding to try this family literacy program. She is the one that got the region to fund it. And then once this was all set up, we've just been able to grow it further and further. So I have to give full credit to her. It wasn't, wasn't me. <laughs> and I just didn't realize it went that far back. Uh, so this oh, has yeah. been growing for many years. Yeah, it was in the mid 90s, I think, when we started to do family literacy workshops. I did like not know that. Workshops. I did yeah. not know well, that. Well, it was, a, you know, it wasn't a big thing. It was just kind of an evening here or there. that we On the side. Literacy, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, and, thanks yeah. for that. Um, no I have I have what's sort of the, our official last sort of ambiguous big pictures pie in the sky question that you can interpret any way you like. But we'd like you to answer the question. Uh, what is the one thing, the one tool, resource, approach, um, something that you wish people used more? Something you probably find really helpful or you think me people may find helpful. What is that one thing you wish people used more? Interesting. I was thinking about this kind of thing and I was going, you know, my one tool and it's something we created is the learning with swagger tool, which is an assessment tool of soft skills, right? We assess things like grit and self-esteem and confidence and time management, organizational skills, right? The ability to adapt to change and show how it, this tool is great that you can assess people at the beginning of your adult literacy program and then assess them again at the end and show how just being in our programs increases these skills. And then if you put any interventions in based on some of their needs, you can even increase them further, which is perfect when you look at where essential skills has gone to the skills for success, where they've started to look at adaptability and creativity well, guess what? That's already built into this tool and it shows how we're doing that. And I really wish it was a tool that people used more because, I mean, we need to update it. We're trying, but it's, it's got some really good components to it because isn't that it? Like, you know, if people have grit, they can move forward. If they have confidence, they can move forward. They can, they can achieve anything. Well, and yeah. where is it, Jane? Is it on your website? It's available on our website. It is. Um, Right now, it does also contain the whole thing on learning styles. Um, it does do multiple intelligences, but no learning styles, which I know the federal government has said, yeah, it's not so big anymore. I don't know. I still get it. But OK, if they are saying it's not good, there's another way we can look at it. Don't use that component if you don't need to. If you like it, use it. Uh, it the thing is, you can use pieces. You don't have to use the entire assessment. You can say, right. let's just look at confidence and uh, time management. You That's know, great. Really yeah. fundamental things that certainly from uh, 
anyone's perspective are important things to measure and to grow regardless oh. of your of your path i know i know it just it's always amazing to me we've produced so many wonderful things in the field i know you guys have done so many great things and i think after like four years they kind of get lost in the past mm-hmm. that's right and yet they're relevant i just did something with uh, about uh I've had people call me asking me about um, organizational needs assessments for workplace. And I went, the thing that was done in the, before 1990 on was, is the thing I would still use. It's still Still valid valid. just because it's, you know, why is it has to be new and look different? It's the same dang thing. We have a tendency to just throw a thing. Like we throw at the baby with the bathwater too many times. Or we, or we reinvent the wheel. Oh, apparently we haven't figured that one out yet. (laughs) Circles aren't quite yet figured out. I guess that's the whole thing. Well, we're back to workplace literacy this year, (laughs) right? That's the word. So, (laughs) well, it's seriously, it was, I literally, somebody said, what would you use Jane? Because apparently I'm still the one of the few in the field that have done an organizational needs assessment. And I said, I would use the tool I used back in the nineties because I don't think that work has changed that much. I mean, right. yes, you've added in digital, but good Lord, it doesn't mean much to the actual workplace environment. People still write bad memos. <laughs> Whether they're sitting at their kitchen table or they're, sit- they're sitting in an office. Oh yeah, the bad memos has always been my biggest thing about workplace literacy. I know I'm gone off topic, but it's pretty funny. Is the fact that how many times a memo they wonder why, staff, why employees are all upset because the memo was written eight pages, both double-sided with eight-point font. Yeah. Yeah. Every worker reads it. <laughs> well, Jane, uh, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you've given us some great knowledge on family literacy, uh, as well as some other, other tools that you've highlighted. So listeners, we will make sure that we have links to uh, the things that we're talking about in the show, in the show notes, so that you can easily click on that. And just going back to, uh, to Gay talking about that program from the States, I think Gay, you were talking about Dr. Thomas Stitch, who uh, was the one that said that the, a child's, um, a child's literacy is based uh, mostly on the literacy level of their mother. It's the greatest indicator of success. And he was a recipient of the UNESCO Mahatma Gandhi Medal and has written hundreds of scholarly articles on uh, the intergenerational transfer of literacy. So if you're looking for some really good reading, I remember that was the hot topic when I first came on the scene uh, 15 years ago. So yes. uh, I think well, include that. let's include that in the show yeah. notes too. Dr. Stitch was way before his time. Yeah, we should. Oh yeah, he back was great. We had him at workshops. We yeah, had we brought him up. Yeah, we yeah. brought him up to Ontario some years ago, and he did a tour around the province. Yeah, it's time to make the intergenerational transfer of literacy the next hot topic. So, thank you, uh, thank you, Jane, and thank you, listeners, for listening. We look forward to getting connected next time. 